0: the International Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area. With Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, dear friends, it's Thursday. We're delighted that you've joined us today. And today we're going to listen to a message that I preached a while back. We'll do a portion of it today and another portion tomorrow. We do this in order to accommodate my travel schedule right now, but I trust it'll be a help to you. It's a message entitled, Double Portion. And we'll start that momentarily. Just one reminder... The National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming July 17 through 20. And if you get on the Sword of the Lord website, all the details are there and a lot of other things as well. So check it out, and I think you'll find it to be very, very interesting, and we'd love for you to come. Now, let's get right to part one of this message entitled, A Double Portion. I believe it'll be a help to you. God bless you. In Second Kings chapter number 5 reading from verse uh, 23 at the end of the chapter, uh, the last three verses of the chapter. Uh, This uh, chapter chronicles for us uh, the end of the ministry of Elijah, and it brings to our attention uh, the inaugural events in the ministry of Elisha. And um, Elijah is the uh, teacher, and Elisha is the student. And uh, here in a school of the prophets run by the great Elijah, uh, he brought up a young man named Elisha who would become his successor. And there are some things in this chapter that I trust will be a help to us tonight. Reading from verse number 23, it says, And he, that is Elisha, went up from thence unto to Bethel. We, we say it in the south and in other parts of the country, we say Bethel. But if you say it the way it's written there in the Bible, it's beth Ail, meaning a little place called house of God. And as he was going up, by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. Now, let me pause to say, he's not using foul language there. Uh, He's not speaking profanely. Uh, He is not doing common street cursing, but he is pronouncing the judgment of God, that kind of a curse. And uh, there came forth then, the Bible says, two she bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. And he went from thence to Mount Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. Now, my text tonight is the last part of verse number 23 where it says, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. Now, uh, if you look back in this chapter at the final stages and the final days of the ministry of Elijah, uh, you'll learn several things about Elijah. One, his ministry was prophetic. Prophetic, meaning by that, Not so much that he was a seer or a foreteller of future events, but as is almost always the case in the Bible, when the word prophet or prophetic or prophesy occurs, in most cases, it honestly only means preaching. It means the declaration of the truth of God. It does not mean that the preacher has extraordinary or clairvoyant powers, but it means that he is a proclaimer, Of the truth of God. And Elijah was such a preacher. And not only was he such a preacher, but the Bible says also that God used him in some miraculous ways. For instance, here in this very chapter, there came a day when Elijah went to the little river Jordan and he took that mantle, that cloth off of himself that he wore, and he held it out toward the river. And the river Parted the little river, just parted the water, uh, stood on its end so that Elijah and his students could walk across that little river, and they stood in awe at the way God responded and answered the call and the prayer of this man of God. So Elijah was a man who was a prophet; he was a man that that the Lord used to do some miraculous things, and then he also had a political element to his ministry. Now you know. Anybody can go with the flow. Anybody can drift with the tide. Anybody can just kinda shift and drift with whatever wind is blowing. But whenever the powers that be rise up to do some wicked and evil thing, the men of God in the Bible stood up and they had not bought into this so-called church and state poppycock as propagated by the ACLU, but instead, they stood up and they pointed their bony finger into the face of the city council and the state legislature and the Congress and the courts and the president. And they were not intimidated by something that had a political aura to it. And Elijah had a political element to his ministry. And he stood up to these wicked rulers Sometimes Christians think that everybody who gets in power is there by divine fiat and by divine appointment. I'm not sure where we get that information, but I've searched high and low inside the book, and I'm not sure that they all get there. In fact, I am sure they don't all get there that way. You know, you say, you just opened up a can of worms. Well, have fun with it. <laughs> this whole world is going crazy, and some of it's in the political arena, And for you and I to just sit around and uh, kind of, uh, you know, nurse our Calvinistic thumbs and act as though that whatever will be has been appointed to be, something is going awry right there. Elijah had a political element to his ministry. And when the political arena went sour, he stood up as he did in 1 Kings 18 against uh, Ahab, R.G. Lee said, that idolatrous toad that was squatted upon the throne of Israel. And to his wife, Jezebel, that Dr. Lee said was a venomous viper coiled around that idolatrous toad squatted upon the throne of Israel. So Elijah had a ministry, prophetic and miraculous and political at times. And he also had an element to his ministry that was tutorial and that he had this school. And in this school, he trained these young men to be men of God, to be prophets, to be preachers. And that's where we get Elisha. Now, it's right about here in the middle of this chapter that Elisha steps onto the stage, and he does so. Verses 2 and 4 and 6 tell us that three separate times, Elijah said... I'm going over to the next town. You stay right here, son, and I'll be back in a little while. And Elisha said, oh, no, master. Oh, no, teacher. Oh, no, mentor. He said, if you're going to Bethel, I'm going to Bethel. You're not going to breathe a breath that I don't know how you do it. I'm not gonna, you're not going to step in one place that I don't see the print of your foot and see how you do it. And Elisha followed in the steps of his teacher, Elijah. And because of that, he got to see the miraculous things like the parting of the waters of the Jordan. and The extraordinary work that was done at the hand of God. And down deep in the heart of that young preacher, there was birthed a desire to get what his mentor had. Oh, and he began to pray as he did in verse 9. And he came face to face with Elijah one day. And he said in that ninth verse, he said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. He said, I want twice the anointing. I want twice the power. And we're going to learn here in just a little bit. Folks who saw him, they said... He said, You're not what Elijah, you're not the man Elijah was. I think he probably already knew that. And he said, I'm going to need a double dose. I'm going to need twice what you have. And so he's praying and he's asking for that double portion so that he could serve and function. He had that dream. He had that desire. He had that urgency down deep in his soul to be a preacher on the level and of the likes of an Elijah. What a dreamer he was. And then there came the day, oh, glorious day, verse number 11, when the beloved preacher Elijah just flat took off for heaven. Now, you know, we get used to people going to heaven by way of dying. But every once in a while, God shows himself mighty and strong. And in this case, he sent down a whirlwind and a chariot of fire and swooped up his servant and raptured him up to glory without him dying. I'm telling you, you talk about what a way to go. What a way to go, amen. By the way, that's a prototype for the way to go. We're going to get to go someday. Whether living or dying, whether having been buried in the grave or still alive on the earth, one of these days, he's going to swoop down, catch us up, and carry us all the way to glory. Amen. Immediately when his mentor made that ride off to heaven, Elisha reached down and took up the mantle that his mentor had dropped. And he could not wait. He could not wait. He went rushing over to the Jordan and he held it out to test it to see if the power and the anointing that had been upon Elijah was going to be upon him. It's right about that point in verse number 14 that you ought to underline where Elisha grabbed that mantle, that is he was building On the heritage of Elijah, he was building upon what he had gotten from Elijah and he cried out and notice what he cried. He did not say, well, where are all the preachers? He did not say, "Well, well, where are the giants? He did not say, where are the great men? No, no, no. He said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Not where is the Elijah of the Lord God, but where is the God of Elijah? Our first duty. Our first responsibility is to God himself. You and I, if we do not win souls, we're backslidden. If we do not go after sinners, we're backslidden. But you hear me? Our first responsibility is to God himself. You get it one with God. You get close to God. You walk with God, and nobody will have to beg you to give out tracts. business of evangelism will get done if we'll just get close to God cried where's the Lord God of Elijah when he tested those waters it parted and he walked across on dry ground those students in that school of the prophets gave their nod of approval and they said just like Elijah we'll follow you just as we did him and so God has taken out a worker taken up one of the great men and he then gave another man in his place Now, it happens all the time. And some man will stay in some place 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years, and then he's gone. And the people must look about them for another leader and for another man. And inevitably, the second guy who comes doesn't part his hair the same way the first guy did. I mean, he wears a different kind of shoe, and he drives a different kind of car, and he may be a little less or more in some ways than the first guy. And it's not unusual, it's not unusual that little children and teenagers repeat what they hear at the breakfast table. And they see the second guy, the new guy. They see him coming along and uh, they look at him now they remember the guy who went up in the chair. Well, church. dear friends, we'll have to interrupt the message there, but we'll hear another portion of it tomorrow. It's entitled A Double Portion, and I trust it is something that will be a help to you. Now, we've done this today because of my travel schedule and me needing just a little bit of relief from the studio here, and I trust that it will be a help to you. And listen, I love to hear from you. I hope that you'll write to me real soon. Let me know that you hear the broadcast and that we're being a help to you. So write me a note, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, I trust that you'll get in touch and we'll be right back here. And I hope you'll join me then. Until that time... Have a great rest of the day and goodbye for now.